Hi, everybody. I am Pastor Joshua Serrano. And I am Pastor Jeremy Serrano. And uh, this is the Serrano Brothers Podcast. It's been a while <laughs> since we've done this, Joshy. Uh, yeah, we decided to start doing this when um, I think the pandemic rolled around and kind of just we did a few episodes and we're like, it just, you know, got busy and just kind of let it peter out. Um, right. I'm, I'm excited to do this. I, I'm excited to do this because like we have a lot of really good conversations about theology, about, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And and I think because we're twins, we have unique insights and also that we we don't always agree on stuff. Well, that's true. I I mean, we think we're we're smart. Uh, <laughs> we think we think we have good conversations. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> even when, even though we're picking up rocks, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, right. So, what do you want to talk about today? You know, I've had this thing on my mind for a while now, and I and I and maybe I maybe this is us just me just verbally processing kind of what I see. And um, but it really has to do with like evangelism in the church, and it really has to do with how our parishioners um conceptualize evangelism or or even just getting new people to come into the church, right? And and let me let me stop you right there. Let's start so that we are all on the same page. Let's define what evangelism is. Okay. So, so I would what's, eva- what's evangelism? I would say at its core, evangelism is sharing the hope that is within you. Mm. I I would say at its core, evangelism is connecting your story with the story of Jesus and being able to articulate that to other people. That's, that's what I would say is, is evangelism. Yeah. And I'm right there. I'm right there with you. And, but, but I I think I would turn that around. I would say uh, I, I would put Jesus first. So like, like, I think that evangelism is telling the good news of Jesus and how that uh, connects with, or how that inspires the hope within us. And, and I think that's fair. I think that's a a fair switch. Um, But, but I don't, I don't think a lot of people conceptualize evangelism in that way. What I think is a lot of people conceptualize evangelism as getting people to the church. Right. And so at a very core level, it's like, how do we attract people to the congregation and how do we um how do we um sorry i got to put i forgot to put focus on uh how do we attract people to the church how, how do we, we get, get butts, butts and seats pews, right um and that's evangelism right so i i don't want to start there um because i think we do a lot of mental gymnastics uh, when it comes to that idea. And and the first thing that I, I've seen with people or with congregations um, is during a transition of a power, during the power of a pastor, <laughs> during transition of power, when there's a transition of power, you will often hear in 
congregation say? Well, we want a young pastor with families to attract members. Absolutely. And, and I remember getting my call here at Good Shepherd, and 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 there were people on the call committee who were like, oh, he has a family. He's going to attract families. And, and I remember having to tell them, like, listen, my family's participation in the church is going to be their own decision. And also, my job is to help you do the ministry of the church, not do it myself. Like, my job is to help you tell about Jesus, not me being the only one going out into the community and telling people about Jesus. It's the church's work, not just my work as the pastor. Like, I'm not, I literally had to say, I'm not going to come in here and save the church. There's one savior and it is not me. Yeah. Well, I think, but at a base level, I think that's what people think that we're going to do, right? Absolutely. I, I think at a core level and and I think if we just dig a little deeper, what does it even mean to attract members? What does it even mean? Like, how I don't know how many visitors you have, but we don't get that many visitors in our congregation. We get, uh, we get visitors you know, like, like maybe, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, I think the thought there is, well, we have a young pastor with children, so let's you know, the one or two visitors that come to church, they're going to stay because they see a young person with families and that is energetic or something, right? But what that does is, um, so they, so that's one thing, right? And then the second thing that people do is um, uh, they'll say like, oh yeah, we absolutely need to evangelize. Uh, we absolutely need to get people into the pews here. How are we going to do that? Well, let's let's have a marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Let's have a new website. Let's, let's put have banners outside the church. Banners. Let's have social media presence. Let's have direct mailers. Let's have like all these kinds of things, right? Um, oh, let's 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 do door uh, um, door hangers, right? Right. Um, no, no I, I don't think those are bad things. No, no, I I don't think those are bad things either. Um, I think they're all necessary things, actually. But right, my my problem is, and I, it's a problem is is what I what I think people f- do is they're um, they're hindering themselves from telling the story of Jesus. So what they do, what happens in a congregation is there's the congregation, and then there's the community, the outside community that they want to attract, and they in the middle they have sort of a go-between. They have an <laughs> intermediary. Uh-huh. They have something to stop the community of the church interacting with the community of the people. And so whether that's a pastor in the middle who's going to attract people, whether that's the marketing campaign that's going to attract people, uh, it even can be an evangelism committee because then it's like, oh yeah, the the, the church is evangeliz- uh, evangelizing, but that's the committee's job to do this thing. And this all is kind of, in my mind, what people do to stop themselves from doing the work. Oh, and, um, and not only evangelism, but I see that as well with like, we have a really big ministry here called Friends Feeding Friends. And we give out 
tons of food on a yearly basis. Every Monday through Friday, 10.30 to 12.30 p.m., we are giving out food um, and people can come to our church, get food. We don't check their, their ID. They can come as much as they want. And it is a powerhouse ministry that of just serving the community, right? And I find that there are those people who jump in, they find great joy in serving, but then there are people who um, they use that ministry to go, well, this is what our church does, but they don't really ever volunteer. They don't really get involved into it because mm. they, have, you know, and so um it's that kind of go-between thing, right? Well, that's that. That's what that ministry does over there, right? Yeah. And, it, and it seems like, in a sense, um, we're, we're letting people want the institution to do the job of the individual, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, and so, um, I, I, I've said this before, you know, everyone wants to be a part of a church that's doing all these kind of great ministries, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times people have come to you, but they've come to me and they said, hey, we should start this kind of ministry. Oh, yeah, we should start this kind of ministry. Um, I remember when I started um, very early on, I was attending an Episcopal church for just a, a little bit. And uh, and an older person saw uh, me and <laughs> um, my wife at the time, uh, and they said, oh, we should have a young adults ministry here. Went right up to the priest and said, oh, we should have a young adults ministry here. And there was just two of us. <laughs> and, and, and and let me just put that, that that story kind of in a framework that we're talking about in that like that's exactly that that intermediary go between thing between that person and you instead of going directly up to you and saying hey do you want to go have lunch hey do you want to go have dinner hey yeah. okay, let's go have coffee let's let's just let's get together and be in community together you know, it was, I'm going to go to that thing to do my job. Right. Right. That's, uh, that's that. And that's the thing, you know, and, and I don't, I don't blame people for this uh, because I think, I mean, the, the 20th, 21st, I mean, the 20th century church, definitely even the 21st century church, uh, we have done a lot of relying on the institution to do the job of the individual. In the 50s, you just had to set up a you just had to do a little demographic info, find out where the Lutherans were, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you just set up shop, you set up a church there, boom, they're gonna come, you know. Um, and and that then the church kind of grows in that way, you know. Um and and I think people have just relied on that, relied on the institution doing the job of the individual. And, and, and in the bigger cultural context, we see that not just in the church, right? Like, like I mean, in the church, it's like dropping your kids off for the youth program rather than talking them to them about the faith yourself, right? That's that's part like, but also parents dropping their kids off at basketball or. Mm or any of the sports, you know, um, and, and letting the, the, the sports do the job. Now, not all, I'm not talking about sports, like in general, there are great parents who, but, but there's often times where we just let the program do, do our work as parents. Right. What is, um, 
what was it? It was a Carapal who who basically called it the dry cleaning model. Like <laughs> my kid needs this, you know, to not have sin or whatever. And so they treat the church like the dry cleaners, you know, you clean my kid, right. you know, um, and it, right. And, and the church, and that's what a lot of parents have done, right? That's what they do. They don't feel equipped themselves to give religious education to their children. And so they let the church do it. Right. right. Um, for Lutherans, like there, there are three three things that we promise we're going to do with our children in baptism, right? Right. That we're going to bring them to church, right? Right. That we're going to teach, or four things maybe teach them the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what we say we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, so so that's kind of the problem. Right, that's the, the problem. What do you think is is kind of the those are the symptoms, I should say. What do you think is the underlying problem? Well, I think the underlying problem is that that people have relied too much on the church to do the job of the individual, that people and in turn, um yeah, but why are they relying on the church? Like like I, oh i i think part of that is like the way we do church uh you know the 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 model of church that we have uh is is set up more like a non-profit organization than it is a you know uh, dig more into that what are, what are you talking about well i mean you could you have a board of directors who acts as the business leads you have committees that do specific things um which are not bad things these are not all bad things but but i wonder if the model itself is is part of the problem because it allows people to become spectators if they're not part of a committee if they're not part of council they are just participants in sunday worship right i think i think that all of that was built in in at least the the lutheran church for a deeper problem. And I think there's okay. something underneath all of that. And I think what's underneath all of that is people aren't confident in sharing that hope that's within them. Like, like the reason they don't go out and evangelize is not because they're, they're, they're scared of, of interacting with people, but they are so that they're unsure of what they believe and why they believe it. And, and they, and we live in an increasing secular society. And so they are not able to articulate the hope that they have. And if they receive any kind of pushback, they're not able to articulate, you know, any kind of defense of that. Right. Right. I mean, even, I mean, even relate experiences, right? I think, I think people really feel uncomfortable sharing the, I think another reason people do this is they feel uncomfortable going, well, I don't want to mess it up. You know, I like, I, I, people have a real fear of like, oh, what what if I say the wrong thing? Um, I've, I've had people tell me that before too. Um, so I, I would I would say that that I, I think I think sure you know 
I don't know if it's a cart and horse thing, but I don't think the I don't think mainline churches have had to evangelize because it's just been an institution and and people mm. just come to church, you know, and uh we're seeing we're seeing now really especially after covid um that people are not relying on the church anymore for um for a lot of things and that's you know the, the, i don't have judgment on that that but on the institution on the institution yeah uh cuz I, I, I was just teaching my congregation uh, about kind of the the visible and the hidden church and they were blown away by that, that okay that, that the visible church is the is the is the one that you can see which you know does the sacraments which is kind of the institution right and people go to that church and then the 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 invisible or the hidden church or whatever luther calls it is is the body of christ that resides inside of those institutions and sometimes even outside of those institutions and maybe not necessarily everyone who goes to the institution is a part of the body mm, mm -hmm. right right no I'm, i agree i agree with that uh and and we we what we've done is we've invited at least in the main line it's about getting people into the institution, not necessarily the body. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of the anecdote, right? Is that is, can, are, are, are we as pastors discipling people, mm -hmm. you know, and we have opportunities for that during Sunday morning worship. We have opportunities with that with individual interactions with people and just constantly um, uh, sharing that good news and helping to train people in the faith. Uh, uh, in my church, we've, we've um, done a few book studies, which has like practicums in it where um, <laughs> it's a book I use from seminary and, and I don't agree with all of it. Uh, but one? but I think it it does a a decent job. It's called Holy Conversations with oh, uh, yeah. Richard with Richard Peace. Um, yeah. I have to take. I, we have to we have to do some you know theological work with that book um, because yeah. it's not I, it's not my favorite. But but that's all books, right? Right, of course. I, I mean, um, I mean, you you take every you take all the good you can out of every book that you have. But right. but I, I mean, I don't even agree with some of the Lutheran books out there. Hold you your know? tongue. Uh, <laughs> uh no so so and all that book is about is like how do we talk about things like yeah. can you articulate what you think sin is can you articulate what you think jesus did on the cross you know um you ever had any experiences that you spiritual experiences that you are able to share and then we have people talk about them uh, and I keep the small group enough groups small enough so that we can all just talk about it right there, you know, and, and, and invite those conversations in a safe place for people to talk about their faith and, and look for opportunities. Now I'm look for opportunities to talk about their faith. Now I'm not a person who's like, you know, um, I, I mean, I've done the evangelical thing where you just strike up a conversation and be like, Hey, do you know, Jesus, 
uh, like right, that kind right. of stuff. And I'm not a fan of that, but I am a fan of two people getting to know each other and both sharing with one another what drives them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a real fan of, of, of talking about what they're passionate about, what gives them life, right? Where do they find um, a peace and comfort? And all of those kind of conversations can lead back to Jesus. It's 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 possible. Um, if it's true for people, right? <laughs> it has to be true for people. Um, right. But I think, I think at, at least for the, the congregation who I have right now, I, I, I think that I have, th- that all of them actually, it, it, that is true for them, but they just don't, they don't know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to connect. Like we have some faithful people in that Friends Feeding Friend Ministry who are here hours and hours and 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 they may not be able to articulate like that the joy they find in the service or or what led them to service was the command of Jesus to serve their neighbor mm-hmm. and and because they're living that out they are they are feeling connected to God mm, uh-huh. yeah well you know what quote drives me crazy uh is a cc's quote yeah you know preach the gospel to the whole world and use words if necessary and it's like well you got to use words at some point in time like you got to be able to to talk about it uh well that's second peter right like isn't it second peter that says that always be ready to give an account for the for the hope or that you have I don't know. I I don't know if it is in Gosh, the, I, it I'm, is in the just, scripture. You, you should look it up real quick because um, I would have said Hebrews, but you know I could totally be wrong. Well, for no First Peter three fifteen. Ah, good. First Peter, what? Always be ready to offer a defense. First Peter three fifteen. Humbly right. and respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I did with my congregation was. Um, for a few years, I would I would take I think September or October, and I would have a kind of running sermon, uh, a weekly sermon, and then at the end of each sermon, I would ask them a question, and I would ask them to write it down, uh, write down their answer, and then I would turn it all in, and I would kind of that's how I would kind of get the temperature of the congregation with some things. And what kind of and questions one, would you ask? Well, one of them is why do you come to church on Sunday morning? Yeah. Like why? And, and because I, my assumption is people don't go to church on Sunday mornings all for the same reason. Right. You know, some people come cause they, they need community. Some people come because they really value, you know, they really do value what, what they're learning. You know, some people, I mean, people come to church for all sorts of reasons and we shouldn't assume they're the same reason. I, what I found was that my congregation, there was this overarching sense of, I come to get a break from the week. I come for peace. Mm. It is, it is here. And in this community that I find peace, you know? Um, And so there's, and so I, after that, I started, I started 
making my congregation. I've been doing it for two years now. And I don't know how many people have memorized it, but I always ask them. Um, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, which is, uh, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Um, so because people had already articulated that they come, I'm trying to connect it with scripture, yeah. you know, like the, yeah. the reason you do this is because, because yeah. uh, <laughs> Jesus said this, Jesus promised you rest, you know, and, um, and that's what you're getting here. Uh, and, and I'm trying to build that into kind of a mission statement mm -hmm. to say, and, and even talking points for the congregation to be able to talk about this community with other people. This is where the rest of Jesus is for, for us. Let, let me, let me kind of distill what you did. Let me name it. You, you found out why people were coming and then you helped them see you you connected it to Jesus, right? So for those who are coming for the rest, you connected that that rest to the rest that Jesus gives, right? For those yeah. that are community, you talk about the body of Christ, right? For those that are coming to learn, you know, you, you're you're talking about discipleship, you know, and so we find you're you're finding those ways that people are the reasons that people are coming, and you're connecting it to Jesus. Yeah. No, I mean, isn't that the goal, right? <laughs> isn't that what pastors are supposed to be doing, right? Well, um, it it would not be that obvious to some. <laughs> so, sure. Know. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think the, the antidote to, to is, is people owning their faith stories a little more and just themselves inviting people. Right. Them, like individuals, if we had a whole church full of people going, I just, I'm going to tell people about this community and my faith and, um, and not think about the institution, letting, um, letting the institution do the job of the individual. I, I, I think that's where it should be started. I don't know if that'll turn a church around or not, Right. but, but what I do know is that it's, it's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I think I think we have to start there. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's that's the way the church has, has grown forever, is you know, people telling other people about the good news of Jesus. And right. and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um and no marketing strategy, no uh websites, no charismatic pastor. Um is going to substitute that. It's just mm -hmm. not. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, there, you've read all the books that I've read and, and continue to read that, uh, that those are, there's, there's just not enough umph there mm -hmm. to actually do it, you know, actually get people in. Right. Um, I mean, I have up on the wall, in in our narthex the entryway into the to the church um this um these statistics and it's like 80 percent of people who started going to church were invited by their friend you know like that's, that's how people get into there that's how the, is is by invitation right right yeah. 
I think I think that's a core thing. So I think the the lesson of this is you want the church to grow, you know, start by owning your own story, owning the story of Jesus, and start inviting people. All right. So 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 let's do it for them then, Josh. Let me ask you the question. Let me ask you the question. What is this hope that you have? Why do you believe? There is something inside of me that that is constantly reaching out to eternity. And I recognize that thing. And I recognize that there's always me reaching, reaching. And, and it's in Jesus that I have found that connection. Um, and, and I find that most, most palpably, literally (laughs) in, uh, communion, um, in, in hearing the word of God to me, um, in singing the hymns, I find that that thing that is reaching out to eternity is fulfilled, Mm. is satiated. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I haven't found a better story yet to live by. And and so that's why I continually keep on coming back to the story of Jesus, Mm -hmm. uh, his life, death, and resurrection. I still find meaning in it all the time. Um, and that gives me hope that, that both God's reign and kingdom is, is here now, but it is also beyond the grave. And, and I find real comfort in that. Mm. Mm. I think, I think for me, the story is compelling and it's the truest story I think I've ever heard. And that, that there is life after death. And I experience that in all kinds of ways, um, you know, uh, in small and tiny ways where there are many deaths that that we experience in death of relationships, you know, death of, I don't know, just just all these micro deaths, there's always life after it. Mm. And I have this deep hope and faith that when our body dies, that that is not the end. And that Jesus was the first root of that, the first one to show us that it's not, it's not the end. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's that's why, like, this life is important. We are called to live in it in in deep ways to help our neighbor and bring justice and all that kind of stuff. But there will be a time when all of this, everybody dies. The earth is going to perish. And I I don't believe that's the end. Mm, Yeah. And that there's a gracious God pulling us into this future that God is creating. Mm. You know, and so, so for me, that's different than kind of like the, like my wife has cancer right now. She, it's her, it's her second round of cancer for people that don't know. Um, stage four, it's not good. You know, this is not good. 
And I have this deep trust that if she dies, there will be life for me and my children after that in this world, Hmm. but also that there's life for her after she dies. Yeah. You know, so it's, so it's not just like, Oh, she's going to get better. It's all going to be okay. But it's like, no, we, we really feel the weight of the, 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 the sickness and, and yet there's hope. Mm. That's why I believe, yeah. you know, that that's, that's the hope that I have that, that, I, yeah. I think that's really well said. And I think that's probably the the point where I don't think there's much more to be said beyond that, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but my hope is, as a pastor, is that I can get congregation members to be able to articulate that because I, I think that the, the, what you just said is powerful. What I just said is powerful and people can connect to that, you know? Yeah, sure. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, but it's just, so really- I think for, for anyone listening, um, uh, own your story, be able to talk, like practice talking about it. And, you know, and why do you believe what you believe? Right. And even if it's a simple question, like, why do you go to church on Sunday? Like, why? What can you, can you actually articulate that practice telling that story too? You know? Right. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Um, we're going to try to do this a little bit more. Um, if anything, if anything, even if we don't have any listeners, uh, Jeremy, uh, it's just good to talk to you and, and well, absolutely. Uh, and I, like I appreciate our conversations and, if if people listen great if if they don't well that's okay too you know uh but i just know that i value you jeremy um and i and i value our conversations oh so you want to be all nice for the podcast huh? is that what's <laughs> happening right now oh we got to put on the show for the podcast <laughs> all right everybody take it easy all right i love you joshy peace